Dear friends in Christ, we live in an interesting world filled with a lot of different products that we take for granted that are on the shelves of our grocery stores and pharmacies. A lot of those products are generic. We go to the grocery store, there are sugar substitutes, there are butter substitutes, there are milk substitutes. Even in our pockets, we carry around so-called silver coins that don't have any silver in them. If you look at two quarters, one that was minted before 1965 and one that was minted after 1965, you notice that there's a different weight in the two quarters. Before 1965, 90% was of the quarter was pure silver. After 64, there's nothing of silver in your quarters. You don't have the real thing any longer. Speaking of different kinds of metals, I heard this week that a fellow named Ole from the Norwegian ski team got a gold medal, and he was so excited about it, he had it bronzed. <laughs> he didn't know that he had the real thing already. Today we're talking about the real thing and not the generic. You know, the same thing is true with people. As we interact with people from day to day, we want to know who we're dealing with. If we go to the doctor or we have surgery, we want to know that the doctor has the right credentials, that that doctor is truly a skilled physician. In our gospel today, Jesus gives his followers certain credentials, very powerful and important credentials. He says, you are the salt of the earth. You know, salt is either salt or it isn't salt. There's no in-between. We too are called to be the real thing and not a generic type of Christian. If I go to an eating establishment and they say the, the food has already been salted, you don't need to salt it, all it takes is one bite and you know whether they're telling the truth or not. Some people can act like Christians, too, for a while. But it doesn't take very long for you and I to know whether they are the real thing, whether they're a genuine Christian. We can tell by their words and by their actions. Right in the middle of this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus uses this common element of life, of, of life to challenge his followers to be genuine salt for him. You know, what's so amazing about this analogy is not that he used it, for salt was a greatly valued commodity even at Jesus' time. It was indispensable for the preservation of food. And so to be called the salt of the earth was really an impressive title. The amazing thing is that he referred to his little band of disciples sitting in front of him as the salt of the earth. These were those men who would soon falter and fail him, who would fall asleep when they needed to be awake. These men who would deny him when they should have been defending him. But these imperfect disciples of Jesus' day, 
and we who are followers of Jesus today must listen very carefully to the words of Jesus in our text today. He did not say, did he, you should be the salt of the earth. He didn't say that. He said, you are the salt of the earth. Simply because your father has called you to be salt. And so you are. You are the genuine thing. This means that if the world is going to be salted and lit up by imperfect Christians like you and I, we must be willing, you see, to let Christ work through us to accomplish his purposes on this earth, to be channels through which that power, through which that light can flow. He's depending on you and me. There's no one else. In these words of Jesus, you just kind of get a sense that there's tremendous power, tremendous action going on here, not because we have such power to do anything, but God has the power to work through us. So let's examine for just a moment today what we can do to fulfill the calling of Christ to be salt of the earth. And I think we can do that best by looking at really what salt is used for. What, what are the characteristics that we know best about salt? First of all, salt is used for seasoning. It's, it's used to give an extra zest to the food that we eat. I thought about that when I was sitting the other night eating a, uh, a bowl of popcorn, that it wouldn't be quite as appealing if I hadn't put any salt on it at all. You know, Christians in the same way have found an extra joy, an extra zest for living because we, we have a certain type of fellowship that non-Christians don't have with our Lord Jesus Christ. And others can see that and they wonder about it. A recent poll conducted shows that people who attend church regularly had a higher happiness rating in their life than those who didn't come regularly. And we when we think about that, and we can understand why, experiencing the stability of a community of faith, of a community of caring Christians week after week who care about you, who ask how you're doing every Sunday, that's so important. Remembering that people in our family at Emmanuel are praying for each other all the time and helping each other as we experience personal difficulties, that makes a big difference. And then on top of all that, for we as Christians to experience every day and every week and every month God's love and his forgiveness in our lives is bound to give us more contentment and a better attitude towards life. It just works like that. We can be salt of the earth, you see then, by sharing the secret of our joy with others who wonder how our lives can be joyful even when we experience tough times. They wonder what our secret is, and then we have a chance to share it with them and to be true salt. A second characteristic of salt is that at times we've experienced the fact that it stings. This is true especially if you get it in a wound or something. You know, the gospel message at times comes across also in a stinging way to those who may be under conviction for some specific sin in their lives. Have you ever felt that sting? I know I have. 
Looking back at those times, I can see how important it was that the Holy Spirit was convicting me of, of a certain sin so that I could, I could move away from that and have freedom from that. The author of a book called Diary of a Country Priest suggests that it's a significant thing in this text that Jesus didn't say, you are the honey of the earth. He said, you are the salt of the earth. The gospel message cannot always be words of sweetness like honey. For honey cannot heal a wound. Salt stings. And it stings right where we're vulnerable and need it the most. With healing, you see, and wholeness, there needs to be a little pain at times. We know how that is. When we're doing physical therapy, it hurts sometimes, but we know that's part of the healing process. Just as there are times when we as parents have to kind of lay down the law, we say, with our kids, there are times in the sharing of the gospel, too, that words of conviction must be spoken in order for healing and growth to take place. So at times, salt can sting a little bit. Thirdly, we know that salt has a preserving power. It has power to stop decay. Western civilization, Western society, has seen its share of greed and lust and indifference and other factors that have left, uh, left us in much decay at times. The force and the progression of this decay, though, has always been related to the number of Christians willing to be salt and preserve what is right in our world. Christ needs, you see, disciples who are willing to carry salt into the world and help immunize it against the poison of decay and corruption, against the process that would cause that type of decline in our society. I remember some years ago, one of our members noticed that a certain business place in Story City was starting, starting to sell porn magazines. And she quietly went up to the manager and told the manager why she thought this was a terrible idea to have on the racks of that store and that she just couldn't shop anymore in a place that sold that kind of material. Within a few weeks, the magazines were gone. That's what I'm talking about today, to be salt. That one person was salt in that situation, and things were altered in what was out for display in that particular store. If we are willing to be salt, we can indeed have a greater impact than we ever thought we could. And that kind of leads us to this fourth characteristic of salt. It's important to note that each grain of salt is potent. A few grains of salt, you see, can change the whole qual quality of a certain food. We can taste the difference. From a ma mathematical point of view, the proportion of really dedicated Christians to the whole mass of people out there in this world is comparable to a few grains of salt in, a, in, in a, a mass of dough. It doesn't seem like there's much, but there's potential there. 
You see, when we as Christians get discouraged and think how few we are and how we stand alone sometimes as Christians in our family or at our place of work, we wonder if God is ever going to be able to triumph in this world when there's so few of us having an impact. But Jesus did not say in our text, you are the great mass of the world. No, he said, you are the pinch of salt in the whole mass. Twelve disciples, imperfect disciples, 2,000 years ago, turned the world upside down. And we can do the same today if we're willing to be used as salt. I heard a state representative one time speak who said that the first step in being elected is having basically only about 10 or 20 really dedicated people who have a vision of what they think you can do if you're elected. It doesn't take thousands of people. It takes a few dedicated people who are willing to go and do what needs to be done. Today, we as Christians, even though we are a minority in many places, have been called to be salt to a godless mass. We each have the power, you see, given by God to transform the environment which we find ourselves in. What environment are you in today that you can have an impact on? That leads us to the last characteristic of salt, and that is that it is useful only when it gets out of the salt shaker. Only when it is giving of itself. If we are to fulfill, you see, the call of Christ to be true salt of the earth, we need to get out there. It's so easy just to stay around the good people, the people that we feel comfortable with. It's so hard to get out there into the dough. The truth is the matter of the matter is, is that salt loses its saltiness if it is not used. So we can easily fall away from Christ if we refuse to exercise our faith by telling the old, old story to, to others around us. I remember finding a salt shaker that had been in, in one of our storage containers and it still had salt in and we hadn't used it for years. And that salt, of course, was as hard as rock and it was of no use anymore. In the same way, if not giving of ourselves, if not being poured out of the salt shaker often, we too can become stale in our faith and become hardened. And we no longer have the impact on the world that we once did. What did Jesus say in our text today? If salt loses its taste, can it be made salty again? No. It is of no use. Yes, salt works best if it gives of itself and doesn't try simply to preserve itself. Jesus Christ is the best example. He chose not to just shine in heaven, which would have been easy to do. It was very comfortable for him there. But he came as a light to a dark world, And we have our hope and joy today in our hearts because he did not stay 
where it was comfortable, but he, he was poured out of the salt shakers, so to speak, and came to this world and died for us on Calvary, something that was a terrible, terrible act to have to go through. Each of us, you see then, are called to be just little grains of salt for the little bit of earth that God has entrusted to us. Our job isn't to be so overwhelming that we just throw up our hands and give up. No, whatever, whether we're little folk that we're sitting up here for the children's message or whether we're older, we have the power because of that light shining through us, the power of the Holy Spirit to have an impact on the world. You can be the glimmer of light for someone who doesn't know Christ. Remember that little is much when God is in it.